0: Episode of The Cellcats. Joining me today is a man who, well, he's going on a quest to find, try and figure out where all the unicorns have gone. That did not play out like I wanted it to. I was trying to go for more of a Johnny Depp thing.
1: <laughs> <Ew>. Welcome, Jacob. <laughs> uh, well, the journey never ends. <laughs> to, to paraphrase this movie. In a way. In a way. Why, thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who just wants to eat a taco. Welcome, Drew.
0: A taco? You said your pun for me was going to be a quote from the movie. I it is that? a movie line from the movie. I swear I don't remember the taco line.
1: <laughs> There's a taco line. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will discuss that in detail later. I'm, oh wait a
0: minute! Is this from the stupid butterfly?
1: No, this is not from the butterfly. This I have, is from the I have um, words
0: about that butterfly.
1: Oh, the butterfly was odd. But no, this is a scene. This is the, uh, a scene from uh, the 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 the. the Robin Hood and Merry Men kind of scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, where they're where they're asking. Um, anyway. uh sh- Yeah, Shroom to sit down, because <laughs> he says be like sit down and you know and enlighten us about you know stories of, 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 and have a taco. <laughs> okay, this
2: is I don't on- remember. Li-
1: it. Online, I was like, what the
0: world was that?
1: <laughs> I don't
0: remember it, but okay.
1: <laughs> All right. How are you doing, Jacob? <laughs> I am doing well. I am doing well. It's it's been a very uh, I've started working, uh, going to work at 7 now, so that's, me, yeah, me. I know, I know. So yeah, you I know it's horrible. Yeah, I know. You. Yeah, I know. You, know you get to be at work, what, 6? 30. 630? At least 630. I get to work around 630.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't run over each other yet, then.
2: <laughs> but Except I
0: still would be leaving before you, probably. Yeah, You probably don't actually leave here till 630.
1: No, I, I don't leave the apartment until 630.
0: <laughs> Exactly. I'm I would have left fifteen minutes before that point. Right. But
1: anyway. Yeah, either way, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh there again, thank you guys so much. Uh last week I was kinda suffer- I was getting over that sinus infection for all you guys who had uh And
0: boy is my editing finger tired. <laughs> Ladies and yeah, gentlemen, welcome. We- Ladies and gentlemen, those of you who listen to the podcast portion of this episode may be unaware, because I know the people who st- watched the stream last week are very much aware that I do not have a cough button. <laughs> I All I have is mark the podcast and catch it and, and delete it later. Yeah. And nearly every edits that week was Jacob's coughing again. <laughs> and now I've got to figure out a way to mix what we were saying together in a way that makes sense.
1: You're welcome. It's all good in the hood. <laughs> Yeah, guys, thank you so much for your uh, your kind words and your prayers for uh, for my recovery. I am doing much better. I still have the slightest little cough or this little tickle in my back of my throat, but other than that, I'm doing fantastic. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm doing fairly well. Uh, just a little bit, you know, issue here and there, but nothing
1: serious. Yeah, stuff we all we all deal it with. goes
0: all It goes uh, happens all the time. But exactly, you know, I've not watching a lot of good movies. But how have you? But what have you been watching? What
1: have I been watching? All right, so. Uh, I was, I was fortunate enough to dog sit for a family over the weekend Mm -hmm. and, uh, they had gone out. They were, I think it was like, they were doing a father's day trip and they were like, Oh, can you go visit uh, like, uh, babysit the dogs? I'm like, Oh yeah, sure I I did. I, uh, I did that for them a couple of years ago and the, the wife generously offered again. I was like, yeah, sure. Not a problem. And, uh, yeah, they have some very split little dogs. (laughs) They're, they're great dogs, but they're spoiled as can be. Um so during the course of that that weekend I watched uh four, few more episodes of um um uh, Toradora ah
0: okay. yeah which
1: is absolutely hilarious and the thing I was pulled away from that is uh don't make Taiga angry. <laughs> Do not You're make You're not this, wrong. No, you are yeah, not wrong. Yeah if you've ever watched the show you can go watch the Netflix if you have a subscription to Netflix go watch this series um you can be an like a um, hardcore hotaku or just like an animation fan like myself and just enjoy this series tremendously. It's in English. It has an English dub. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And to tie in such a great show to a really bad show, I'm not going to recommend. <laughs> so apparently this is a, I think this is the second Highest ranked uh, show on Netflix right now, and I don't understand why. Record of ra- Record of Ragnarok. <laughs> so, okay. So I, I I saw it and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. So I, I watched the first episode. And I'm like, and the history nerd in me, the mythology nerd in me, is like, no, this is not how this works. <laughs> and I'm watching this like, this is the like you're you're pulling. Basically, the story is. Is that the, the, the quote unquote gods and little G like from all mythology in the world have come together in order to, that they are going to destroy humanity because they've gotten tired of humanity's whining. Mm -hmm. All I'd say in that be like, if you're these quote unquote gods, look in the mirror. Uh so either way, so the, the the quote unquote gods are deciding are try, are voting to either destroy humanity or uh allow them to remain in uh their current state for another thousand years. Think Mortal Kombat. Right. <laughs> so this this um who is that? Uh a Valkyrie decides to be like, oh I'm gonna Brun try Hilda, hit. maybe?
0: Possibly. <laughs> it's the only Valkyrie whose name I actually remember. Right. <laughs>
1: So apparently she 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 goats the 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 quote unquote gods into a, a tournament a tournament to to see the fate of humanity that if the gods win humanity loses and if humanity wins they still get to live for another thousand years. And it's just like what in the like design wise, I'm like, what in the world? Like one thing, like like the first fight, which I watched half of it. It's Thor, who looks like it's just weird. Like his 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 hammer design is just like what in the world? This is not a hammer. This like okay Mjolnir hammer. No, this thing looks like a ten story building. He's trying to swing. This is not a good design for a hammer. And plus, like yeah, he's got red hair, but he's not dressed like a Viking. He's not a Norse god. He looks like. Like your traditional anime, good-looking guy, you know, stud muffin, whatever character. And I'm like, I'm not buying this for three seconds, people. It's like, nope, thank you. So, yeah, I would recommend not watching it. Everybody I have talked to have watched it. They're like, nope. So, yeah, I will not be recommending Record of uh, Ragnarok to anybody. So, if you have a different opinion, if you have watched Record of Ragnarok... Please comment uh, uh, where you're watching this or listening to us and uh, tell me either tell me how I'm wrong, how great the show is, or, uh, you know, comment about how you don't like the show. We can get a conversation started about that. But either way, uh, and also we watched some very interesting shows at our friend Chase's house. Yes.
0: You forgot the name of it. Oh, In yeah, it?
1: absolutely. <laughs> uh, I looked up the actual
0: full English name. It was Welcome to Demon School, Iramakun yeah that was (laughs) fun
1: it was fun don't get me wrong but it's the 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 basic idea of a a young boy who has had a miserable life and apparently his very deadbeat parents sell his soul to a demon pretty much and now he is the quote-unquote grandson of a demon and now he goes to demon school
0: And it's a better life than he had before. Yeah,
1: he's got this grand life, but now he's more scared to death that he's going to get eaten by these demons. And every turn, it's like, oh, he just beat this person. Oh, my gosh. You know, this character is now his uh, now his servant. And it's like, what the heck? I-, I was blown away. It was so much fun watching this. And thankfully, it was in English. Uh, but yeah, just fun. Oh, my gosh. If you want
0: to watch it, it's on, v- it's on Crunchyroll.
1: So go watch it there. Yeah, go watch it on Crunchyroll. <laughs> So that is
0: all I have been watching. What about you, Drew? I saw the weirdest Godzilla movie I've ever seen.
1: Roar. Tell me more. It's
0: called All Out Attack. All Out Attack. It is, as far as I can tell, the kaiju don't actually walk around, aren't actually in the quote-unquote world of this movie. Okay. They're all in the, uh, all we ever see them in is while this kid who is our main character is dreaming when he takes naps. Okay. And in these, the... Manila, you know the son of Godzilla. Yeah, he talks Talks. in in Japanese. Okay, because I'm watching. I had to watch the Japanese uh, version. Okay, and um, boy, they were really saving money on this one because I could point out every single movie they they took the footage from. Okay, (laughs) almost all of the footage is from stock footage of all the fight, of all the monsters.
1: Wow. Okay, all of it. Wow.
0: No, uh, it was a. My, uh, All Out of Attack. Um that was the name of the movie, Paul. Uh it is weird to say the least. I was thankfully it was the shortest one I've watched so far. Okay. At, a, at an hour and 10 minutes. But man, that movie was I I know why it's considered the worst Godzilla movie. Okay. It it is. Okay. <laughs> now admittedly, I know how some people feel about 1998's Godzilla. Yes. I would say that's not actually a Godzilla movie. But anyway,
1: Hey, it was the first Godzilla movie I ever saw.
0: Fair enough. The reason I say it's not a Godzilla movie, it's Godzilla's not technically in it. Mm. Officially, that character is named Zilla. Yeah. Not Godzilla. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. that is beside the point. Yes. Because um, it's Godzilla for all intents and purposes anyway. <laughs> uh, I also watched the movie right before that, which was the similarly named, but far better and far more fun, Destroy All Monsters. Mm, okay. That was a fun movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, it had, I, I mean, the, everyone was there. You had Godzilla, you had Mothra in larva form, you had Angrigus, you had um, Rodan, you had King Ghidorah show up at the end of it, being King Ghidorah and being the jerk that King Ghidorah is, but you know, you know yeah. how it goes. And uh, that was the most fun hour and a half I think I've had in a movie since uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Okay. And then I watched all, mon- all Monsters Attack, and I go, you were doing so good. <laughs> you were doing so good. Oh, my God. Batra, right. uh, Josh, Batra was not in this one because this predates Batra. I'm talking 1968's, uh, pff, what did I say the name? Destroy All Monsters. Yeah. 1968's Destroy All Monsters, and then All Out Attack was 1969. Wow. <laughs> I'm talking about there ain't no computer-generated graphics because computers don't really exist yet. It is all suitmation, and it's fun mm. kind of suitmation. Until you get to all, all Monsters Attack, and that's just like, oh, I can tell y'all we're making a quick buck with this one. Uh, uh, and Then along with Air kun which you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, I also watched some more Assassination Classroom. okay, I'm enjoying that. But I've also been playing some video games. Okay. So... I've been playing Persona Five Strikers. Okay. Now, do you know if I said Dynasty Warriors, would you know what I was talking about?
1: I have the smallest inkling of di- Dynasty Warriors. Well,
0: Dynasty Warriors is essentially an action RPG where you fight thousands of, fil- uh, of of enemies at the same time. Okay. It is the craziest button masher, and it's kind of fun. But I I prefer it more not with the original Dynasty Warriors, ancient Japanese Romance of the Three Kingdoms characters. Mm-hmm. I prefer it with all this other stuff. So for instance, uh, Hyrule Warriors yeah. is fun. Mm-hmm. Both both the Hyrule Warriors games I played, mm-hmm. both uh, the original and Age of Calamity, which I recently beat. But then uh, you know I played the original Persona Five, and I'm part way through Persona Five Royal, and I just decided to go ahead and jump into this one, and it is fun. Okay. This is is a fun game. The story is excellent, far more excellent than I think it uh, has any right to be okay. for the kind of game this is. So you can, I can definitely tell the the writers are from the Persona team and not the Dynasty Warriors team. But uh, it is it is a lot of fun. I've been enjoying the fool out of that game. So alrighty. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing and watching. All right. And uh, I don't know if I well we did talk about E three last time, so never mind. We'll just skip that. Yeah. We all know how bad E3 was. (laughs) But anyway, we actually have some news for a change. Yes, we do, actually.
1: So why don't you uh, tell us what that is? All right. So going into the news, I know a lot of people have been asking about bringing back the news. So we are going to do a small news segment right here. Mostly because we actually have news. Yeah, we actually have news. And this is one that uh, we actually had a commenter say, what? Really? They're pushing it back? (laughs) So uh, to many fans... Dis the like, uh, Sony Pictures Animation, uh, their long-awaited final installment of Hotel Transylvania, Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, Transformania, yes, Transformania, uh, was originally scheduled to be released July twenty, tw- July twenty-third, but it's now been pushed back to August, October first. I would say that actually makes a bit of sense. It does.
0: It does make sense. Uh, to the fact that I actually thought it was still in October till I saw that news
1: post <laughs> yeah so apparently now it would be in direct competition with another spooky animated sequel uh, MGM's The Addams Family 2 I still need to f- watch The Addams Family yes, 1 yes we still need to watch that uh, so yeah this movie will be coming out October 1st 2021 instead of its original release date of July 23rd because I know a lot of people have been like really looking forward to this um uh, me after watching hotel Transylvania three, uh, hoping that they do better. Yeah. <laughs> I agree uh, with you there. So uh, like there's fingers crossed Be Like I hope to do better. Or maybe they needed need to go back and do some rewrites or reworks, which is never a good sign for a film. No. Well, it depends on what film it is, but either, you know what they're doing with it, but either way. So Hotel Transylvania for the final installment, Um uh, Transformania uh, will be releasing October first, so if you are planning to watch it, rewrite your schedule. Which which we're going to we're used to at this point. Yeah, which we're used to right now with thank you pandemic, (laughs) Um, thank you COVID, (laughs) thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, just you know rewrite your schedule if you are one of these people that is diehard. I gotta watch everything that's animated in the theaters now. Uh, so yeah, just rewrite that. And probably some of the else will come out on Netflix for you to enjoy on that day. Okay. Either way. So that is all we have for in the news. That's all we got in the news. Yeah.
0: We're not going to mention the fact that we screwed up in what way. Well, Luca did come out last week and we didn't oh, even touch yeah. on it. Oh my
1: gosh. Yes. We, we dropped the ball. Uh, we, we, we do
0: apologize for that. You we know, will like- be getting a reaction of Luca out soon yes. for y'all guys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Apparently life def- ahead of us. <laughs> in my defense, our defense actually. I will say this is in our defense. Yeah, it was on Disney Plus, and it didn't go to theaters, and it uh, fell off of our radars. Because yes, it did. It was not showing up on any place we normally go to keep up with this sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna blame Disney on this
1: one. Yeah, I'm with Pixar. I blame Disney for this. <laughs> yes, it's their I fault. Gr- I agree with it you on that. Should have been put in the theaters. Agreed. Uh so yeah, guys. So yeah, there, there again, we do apologize for that. We kind of dropped the ball on that.
0: But, but we will get that taken care of probably this weekend.
1: Probably. So, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, like I said before, yeah. if you have watched Luca, uh, comment down below if you if you enjoyed it. Please, no spoilers, because neither one of us has seen it yet. Correct. So, yeah. All I know is
0: sea monsters are involved. Yes. I don't even know if it's... The sea monsters turn human or the humans turns into sea monsters. I don't know which. We don't
1: know. So no spoilers. I have, I have
0: literally not paid attention to any uh, trailers. I gotcha. Since February. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I gotcha. So yeah, we'll be jumping on that this weekend. So if you are like clinging to, oh my gosh, I got to hear the, the cell casters, uh, reaction to it. So it's, it's coming. coming.
0: It's coming. It's coming. coming.
1: Patience. All right. Anyway, uh,
0: when we need to go ahead and jump into the spoiler free section. Yes. We on did. the last unicorn. Uh, you've actually seen this movie before. Yes, this thing, so why don't you go ahead and start us off?
1: All right. So, Last Unicorn. This was a movie like this is a movie I saw when I was a really small kid, and I left. I had a I had a I had lunch with my dad, and uh, I told him what movie were the movie we were reviewing, and he told me flat out, be like, you never saw that in our house. <laughs> it's like, Dad, we watched this movie a dozen times when we were kids. I remember lines like verbatim. In this film, as a kid, so yeah, like yeah, I, I have very fond memories of this film. Um, it there again, it's a very weird film. It's it's it was done in the eighties, and during the eighties was this huge swords and sorcery. Uh, just just look at most of the films that came out in nineteen eighties.
0: Probably due to Dungeons and Dragons, if we're being honest.
1: Probably, but like yeah, it's a unique. It's a very unique story. It's got some unique characters. Uh, it's got some problems. Let's say that. Um, uh, definitely in a clock scene that's just kind of weird um uh, and some odd audio things here and there, but I'll get into all of that later, but I all all around I have so much nostalgia for this and an enjoyment for the film it's gonna be really hard for me to say that's like, well, this is garbage, but i'm gonna I'm gonna give it this number and I'm not saying this movie's not garbage it's not it's not garbage but I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I really, really enjoyed it. How about you?
0: This is the first time I had ever seen this, any frame of this film. Mm. I thought I had seen something from a scene, a clip from it in something else. Mm. But having I watched this movie, I don't know what that something else. I I don't think I saw it. Okay. I was wrong with that. But anyway, uh, this is an interesting movie. Okay. I'll grant you that, uh, it's got a lot of interest. It sounds like I don't like the movie and I I want to, I, I don't want you to think that cause I actually did enjoy the movie, Okay, but it's, mm, I don't have nostalgia for it. So it's hard to get really th- the issue. Some, some of the issues with it kind of just glare out to me more. Yeah. Totally understand. Uh, you should, if you've not seen it, you should go watch it. I will say that right now. Cause yeah. it was the acting with one exception was good. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious if you know who I'm talking about. Uh we'll get into it. Into yeah. in a minute. Um the story was good. The uh it's it's just one of those movies that you you can definitely tell by watching it that it was made in the 80s. Yes. By the people who were in the middle of making ThunderCats. Uh, oh. <laughs> around that time. I, uh, it
1: was actually it was a little bit before cuz ThunderCats was made in 1985. I wasn't sure on the timing. This was made but in But ni-
0: this is around that time. Roughly. And you can tell it's kind of got that feel to it. Yeah um not that that's a bad thing it's just it there's some things that over time have not aged quite as well as we would have liked them to um it was i I will say this okay i do think i enjoyed it bit more than the black cauldron okay so there is at least that but yeah i think that's pretty much my thoughts on it i think you should go watch it if you haven't seen it i and i enjoyed my time with it uh so yeah you should go watch it yeah um I think that brings us to the end of the spoiler-free section. Unless you got something else you want I to add?
1: I, I think I'm good, man. All right. Well, then
0: join us on the other side of the bumpers, and we will get to spoiling this thing.
1: Yep. Ray. Riff, 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 wrong? Okay. Risk progress is part of Christian Greek Central Ritwork. Uh, riff, 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 rock, wrong. Hey, Scoop. What are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be ringing ad. <laughs> All right, hold on. Give me give me it. We're okay. <laughs> All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. There you
0: can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as Strangers and Aliens. A conversational podcast and blog that explores the relationship between God and man through the lens of speculative and imaginative fiction, and explore speculative and imaginative fiction through the lens of God's relationship with men. Join Ben, Dr. Jace O'Neill, and Steve McDonald, a trio of Christians who are both fans and creators of story, in their conversation about the intersection of faith and imagination. Do you like trivia shows but wish you could stay a little longer with the contestants? Do you wish that if those contestants didn't know the answer from memory, they could Google the answers? Do you love finding out how many of certain objects fit between the Earth and the Moon? And do you want a game show that is completely unfair? Then might I suggest the Raw Quiz Show, where Ryan Ashley Wall pits and competes against five different combatants each season to see who is the true trivia champion. And you can find it over at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're listening to is also a part of. Go to the link in the description to find out more.
2: The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie The Last Unicorn. Listener discretion is advised.
0: The Last Unicorn was directed by uh, Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin Jr., a.k.a rankin bass yeah. who is probably most famous to people all around at least america for uh creating the christmas specials we all know from the 70s such as rudolph the red-nosed reindeer jack uh, jack frost well yeah there was a jack frost mm-hmm. one uh frosty the snowman was actually what i was trying to say uh and many many others yes um you can't also thundercats. <laughs> also thundercats right after this yes um it was written by uh peter s beagle who also wrote the story that it's based on. Yeah. And uh, he wrote some episodes of the little... Actually, he created the Little Mermaid television show. Okay. And he wrote the Star Trek The Next Generation episode Sarek. A very good episode. Okay. Getting into the cast, the unicorn, a.k.a. Lady Mm Amalthea, was played by Mia Farrow, and she's most famous for playing Rosemary Woodhouse in the movie Rosemary's Baby.
2: Mm.
0: Schmendrick... Was played by Alan Arkin, and in the upcoming movie Minions, The Rise of Gru, he's playing the character Wild Knuckles. Pardon me wants to know if he's an echidna. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Good one. Speaking of Gru, Molly Gru Gru? was played by uh, Tammy Grimes, and in something called Can't Stop the Music, she played Sydney Channing. Okay. I don't know what that is, but good (laughs) for her. King Haggard was played by the none other than Christopher Lee. That's Sir Christopher Lee. Sir Christopher Lee. My apologies. And he is probably most well-known for playing Saruman the White in Lord of the Rings. And we can't forget he played Dracula. <laughs> can't forget he played Count Dooku, too. Yeah, that is true. And the man with the golden gun. That is true. Scaramanga.
1: Yeah, absolutely incredible actor. If, you, if you've never seen anything, Christopher Lee, go look up his uh, his filmography. He's done so many incredible films. And he fought in World War, World War II.
0: Yes, and he might be the person that the character James Bond is actually based on. Yeah, which would make total sense. Yeah, because he and Ian Fleming were pretty good friends. Yeah, interesting. Also, uh, what was the other thing that uh, I heard about him? Apparently, he has a metal album. I heard something about <laughs> that. It's like okay. It's like I somewhat want to find out what this, is, but apparently, it's it's like fantasy metal or something. I I, I just barely remember looking into it. Or it's like Litter Nimoy's Hobbit. Leonard Nimoy's Hobbit thing is funny. It's fun to watch. Uh, Anyway, back to this. Prince Lear was played by Jeff Bridges, who uh, has played Kevin Flynn and Clue in both drawn movies, Mm -hmm. even though that's technically two different clues, technically. Robert Klein played the butterfly. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) That's going to be interesting.
0: And uh, he played Philip Warren in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Huh? Yes, the movie "How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days." Okay, was he played a character that named Philip Warren?
1: Okay, never heard of this movie. I heard how to how to how to lose a girl in ten days. Or something like that. I guess it's the prequel or sequel, or it's
0: the mo- only one of these movies I've heard of. So okay, it's a chick flick, I think. Yeah, and I so, think so it's, it's actually based on a Shakespeare shakespearean play uh, mostly everything is nowadays. But I, no i mean it actually is based on a, intentionally based on a shakespearean oh, okay. play never mind but anyway <laughs> yeah uh mommy fortuna mm-hmm. was played by angela lansbury and in bed knobs and broomsticks she played mrs price mm-hmm. captain cully whoa, and, whoa
1: wait, wait, wait 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 a minute
0: oh she's also murder she wrote in the murder she wrote yeah and, and <laughs> you're referring to mrs potts yes I, I I think Mrs. Certain... Potts was not going to be left out. It's just I was going to bring that up later. Okay then,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I, if I know she certain comes up, virus would be like,
1: "You're missing the biggest part." <laughs> I mean,
0: it's coming because she prizes her role in something else. Okay then, so let's move on. Okay then. <laughs> uh where was I? Okay, Captain Cully and and the Harpy were played by Keenan Wynn. Uh huh, and in. Uh, Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, Bomb? Mm-hmm. he played Colonel Bat
1: Guano.
2: I that mean, is the character's name.
1: <laughs> I still have your copy. I'm watching this movie at some point. Yes, <laughs> it's a good movie. Okay. Uh,
0: Mabrook, The Tree, and The Cat were played by Paul Frees. Okay. And from 1961 to 1986, he was the voice of Ludwig von Drake in Di- in the Disney cartoon. Okay. That's the, uh, the musician, the the professor uh, from those ones. Talks with a German accent. This oh. is a bad version of Ludwig van Drake. Okay, uh, his he's supposed to be kind of like Beethoven.
1: Oh, in okay. a sense. Okay,
0: Beethoven is a duck, but not deaf. Okay, at least that's how he was started out. But anyway. Oh, uh, the skull was played by Rene Aubergenois. Okay, who you probably know better as the chef from. Uh, Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. But I know him better as Odo from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, that is interesting. Rook was played by Theodore Gottlieb, and he apparently played a character named Ruben Klopek in something called The Burbs. Mm. I didn't know that one. Mm. Uh, And uh, someone, uh, there's apparently another character named The Cat. I, I didn't remember there being two cats, but I'm not going to say there's not two cats. Okay. But that one was voiced by Don Messick, Don- a.k.a the original scooby-doo and astro yeah he played a cat he played a cat that was not the cat that was played by paul Frees.
1: yeah not the our cat yes <laughs> maybe that cat i don't know oh, someone help us because we have no
0: why idea. are there cat? why are there two cats i don't know honestly <laughs> sure i remember. bet it was the, the one-eyed cat because that kind of sounds like like don don, don messick <laughs> Now that I think about it, uh, getting into our Kingdom Hearts connections, I we mentioned Angela Lansbury uh, also having played Mrs. Potts. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't let me get past that without mentioning that she played Mrs. Potts, of course. <laughs> well, she reprised that role in Kingdom Hearts too. Ah, and last but not least, Christopher Lee mm-hmm. has a role in Kings I heard of this. His real role. Because we are playing through Kingdom Hearts, I can't tell you his real name because uh-huh. I do not want to spoil it. Okay. But <laughs> for now, I will say he is the voice of Diz. Okay. Capital D, lowercase i, capital Z. Diz. Diz. But only in Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay. All his other one. All his other times he shows up, he's played by somebody. Okay. Which brings me to the end of the Kingdom Hearts connections, which I think we had some pretty good ones this week. I would agree. Info and stuff, please, sir.
1: All right. All right. So info and stuff. You can watch this for free on Tubi uh TV, on Tubi TV or you can uh, rent it for from Amazon or watch it for free if you are for Amazon Prime Video. Mm-hmm. All right, so on IMDb, uh it has a 7.4 out of 5 out of on uh, Rotten Tomatoes it has 7, a 70 76 and an audience score of 70 or 86%. Its production was and I'm going to get this right because I always say it wrong. Rankin Bass Productions, because I always say Franken Bass. For some reason, I always say Franken Bass.
0: Just think of... Oh, Pooh. What are those stupid cat?
1: Wiley Kitten Cat?
0: Yes. <laughs> just think of Wiley Kitten Wiley Cat using the forever bag. Yeah. How do they say it? Ronkin Bass. Ronkin Bass. They say Ronkin Bass. Yeah, Ronkin Bass. <laughs> you know what? That's probably the closer to, of how you actually say their la- last name is Ronkin. Yeah,
1: have We're a ronkin'
0: good time. But anyway, moving yeah. on. Yeah,
1: rankin' rankin' bass, rankin' bass, rank rank yeah. Yes. rankin', rankin bass, bass, rankin' bass. I will say rank and bass, but it's rank bass productions, top craft and IT Films is distributed by Jenkins Fairley Pictures or Sun Classic Pictures, which oddly enough, during like during the theatrical run, they went out of business. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like what. They ran. They they literally the the company went under. They had to uh, file a bankruptcy, and that's why the film made as much money as they did because they didn't get any of the box office numbers. And little lo, little known fact, like when this company went under, according to according to people who are close to the film and have gotten stories from people, be like apparently. They were theaters because they, they didn't have anybody to send this money to. They just kept playing it for months and months, even into a year and a half. Like after be like after the company had shut down and they were still showing the film to a year and a half. And I, I will get into that in just a minute. All right. So its release date was November 19th to 1982. So a month and a couple of a week before I was born. So let's just say that. So box office, it had estimated budget of $3.7 million. It's opening weekend was $2.2 million. That was November 21st, 1982. It's us gross and worldwide gross was $6.4 million. So it quasi doubled its budget. Yeah. Uh, so like going back to what I said earlier, um, there again there is possibility this movie probably sold more than probably there is a possibility even though we don't have the numbers we don't have any like uh real hard data for this but there is uh there is the idea this movie made more movie more, like almost 100 times more money than it did uh during uh, that's, during its theatrical release so just saying that this movie made a lot more money than its, uh, it's box office record indicate. All right, so going into home release. The information I'm getting from, it is not indicating it had a DVD release or a, or a VHS release. I remember this had a VHS release. I could not find information on its VHS release, but I do have its DVD release information. All right, so it was the first time it was released on DVD was by home, by... by if you ever watched Turtles, Ninja Turtles when you were a kid back in like in the 80s and 90s. You are very familiar with um, Family Home Entertainment, or FHE, released in 2004. Uh, It was from a poor quality pan and scan transfer master, which is always fun.
0: Thank you, Goofy Movie.
1: That was not a pan and scan transfer. I thought it was. No, it was widescreen. Oh, well, never mind. Alright, so uh, the 25th Anniversary Edition DVD was released on the, in North America on February 6th, 2007, uh, with uh, better visual audio superiority, uh, superior to its original release. Uh, it was released in widescreen. Uh, apparently, several swear words were edited out of this version.
0: Which, I don't think that's the version that's on Amazon, because I heard the D word two or three times. Yeah,
1: you didn't. Uh... The new DVD edition, uh, which was released... Uh, yeah, this new DVD release uh, included feature rights and interviews from the author, as well as uh, as gallery original theatrical release. As of October 11th, over $2.5 million of this DVD alone has been sold. A Blu-ray edition of this film was released by Lionsgate in February 22nd, 2011. This release was source for a new transfer from the theater cut from the film uh thus restoring the swearing mm-hmm. <laughs> and the correct speed issue the speed up issues which apparently that's not the issue in <laughs> the version of mine because <laughs> apparently there's speed up issues somewhere uh though the 25th anniversary is still uh includes an option in this on june 29th 2015 shop factory released a new blu-ray dvd version of the last unicorn uh entitled the Enchanted edition this edition was transferred was transferred from a new widescreen 2k uh digital master it has a slew of uh features uh for the uh animation nerds like me Mm -hmm. who love special features this has a really really good documentary and a really really good commentary so I would highly recommend getting that copy. Uh, so, yeah, that is all I have for that. Uh, yeah, that's all I have for an info stuff. All right, getting into
0: the summary. A unicorn learns from two hunters and a butterfly that she is the last of her kind since a malevolent entity called the Red Bull has herded unicorns to the ends of the earth. The unicorn journeys to find them. The unicorn is captured by the witch Mommy Fortuna and displayed in her Midnight Carnival. Most of the attractions are normal animals enhanced by illusions to appear as mythical beasts. Fortuna uses a spell to create another horn on the unicorn's head, as the carnival visitors cannot see her real form. Fortuna keeps the immortal harpy Selina? Selino? Uh,
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah,
0: captive as well, deeming the risk secondary to the deed's prestige. The unicorn is befriended by Schmendrick, an incompetent magician in the service of Mommy Fortuna. With the help of Schmendrick, the unicorn escapes, in the process freeing Selina, who kills Fortuna. The Unicorn and Schmendrick gain a second traveling companion with Molly Gru, the careworn lover of Captain Cully, the disappointing reality behind the Robin Hood legend. When the Unicorn nears the seaside castle of King Haggard, she encounters the Red Bull, a monstrous fire element. Before she can be captured, Schmendrick uses his unpredictable magic, transforming her into a woman. The Red Bull becomes uninterested in her and departs, but the Unicorn is shocked by the sensation of mortality. Schmendrick promises to return her to normal after the quest is complete. Schmendrick, Molly Gru, and the now-human Unicorn proceed to the castle. Haggard is at first unwelcoming. Schmendrick introduces the Unicorn as Lady Amalthea and requests that they become uh, become members of Haggard's court, only to be told that the only occupants of the castle are Haggard, his adopted son Prince Lear, and four ancient men-at-arms. Haggard consents to lodge the trio, replacing his more competent wizard, Mabruk, with Schmendrick and setting Molly Gru to work in his scullery. Mabruk leaves after recognizing Amalthea for what she truly is, jeering that by allowing her into his castle, Haggard has invited his doom. Due to her new human emotions, Amalthea begins forgetting her true self and falls in love with Prince Lear and considers abandoning her quest in favor of mortal love. Haggard confronts Amalthea, Hinting at the location of the unicorns, yet from the waning magic in her eyes, she doubts, regarding his suspicions, that she is more than what she seems. Molly learns the location of the Red Bull's lair from the castle's cat. Molly, Schmendrick, and Almathia are joined by by Lear as they enter the bull's den and are trapped there by Haggard. Schmendrick explains to Lear what they are looking for and reveals Almathia's true identity. Lear declares that he loves her anyway. This makes Almathia want to abandon the quest and marry lear but lear dissuades her the red bull appears no longer deceived by almathia's human form and chases after her schmendrick turns almathia back into the unicorn but she is unwilling to leave lear's side the bull begins driving her toward the ocean just as he had driven the other unicorns lear tries defending her but is killed by the bull enraged the unicorn turns on the bull and forces him into the sea carried on the incoming tides the other unicorns emerge from the water With their release, Haggard's castle collapses into the sea and Haggard, Haggard, watching all from the battlements, falls to his death. On the beach, the unicorn magically revives Lear before she leaves him. Schmendrick assures Lear he gained much by winning the love of a unicorn, even if he is now alone. The unicorn later says goodbye to Schmendrick, who laments he wronged her by burdening her with regret and the taint of mortality, which could make her unable to properly rejoin her kind. She disagrees about the importance of his action as they helped restore unicorns to the world and made her experience love. Schmendrick and Molly watched the unicorn depart for her home. Getting into the trivia for this... Sir Christopher Lee, who played King Haggard, showed up for the recording sessions armed with his own copy of the book with several places marked to indicate things that must not in his opinion be omitted. This is similar to his behavior on the Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring and its sequels in which he also showed up on set with his copy of the books and was, and was often a stickler for exact fidelity to the novels. <laughs> You gotta love nerds. Mm -hmm. In 2010, co-director Jules Bass revealed that Jeff Bridges called him out of the blue, volunteered to do the movie for free, and recommended his friend Jimmy Webb for the soundtrack. A live-action version of the novel has toiled in development hell over the years, Mm -hmm. though it has reached various states of pre-production at times, even with Sir Christopher Lee and Dame Angela Lansbury set to reprise their roles. But as of 2013, and really, let's face it, at this point... Uh, ongoing legal disputes stemming from the animated movie, coupled with budgetary issues, have stalled the project, though author Peter S. Beagle has completed a new screenplay and still expresses hopes that the movie will one day be made, just without Christopher Lee at this yeah. point, considering Man. he's passed. Uh, author Peter S. Beagle showed up at, to, at a recording session during the making of the movie as Sir Christopher Lee recorded King Haggard's monologue about how unicorns... Brought him happiness. Lee begged Beagle for his approval of his vocal performance, offering to record it again if the author found it unsatisfactory.
1: That sounds like Christopher Lee.
0: <laughs> Sir Christopher Lee also provided King Haggard's voice in the German version of the movie. Ah. Due to contractual disputes, author Peter S. Beagle received no compensation for the sale of any of the original DVDs or VHSs. What? <laughs> A 25th anniversary edition of this movie was released by Lionsgate in 2007, which apparently they did. Yes. The word Schmendrick, which is the name of the character Alan Arkin plays, Mm -hmm. is based on the Yiddish slang word Schlemiel, which means unlucky bungler. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, The animation for this movie was done by the Japanese studio Topcraft, Mm -hmm. who also animated Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind in 1984. Really? Same year. Okay. Around the same year. Anyway. Two years later. Anyway. The riddle that befuddles Ruck, Why is a Raven Like a Writing Desk? is the famous unanswered riddle asked by the Mad Hatter in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Carroll wrote the riddle as nonsense. It has no answer. This has not stopped people, despite being repeatedly told that there is not, nor should there be, any answer from trying to contrive one. Amongst the suggestions are, because Edgar Allan Poe wrote on both, and because the notes for which they are noted are not noted for being musical notes. The second of these is very similar to a solution that Lewis Carroll wearily suggested when he grew tired of people asking. Oh, my
1: gosh. Wow. It's uh, an unanswerable riddle, people. It's not supposed He's to be answered.
0: answered. Uh, the Harpy's name, Selina, uh, is the name of an actual harpy from Greek and Roman mythology mm-hmm. encountered by Odysseus. Uh, when negotiating for the making of the movie, author Peter S. Beagle told associate producer Michael Chase Walker that he specifically didn't want to work with the Rankin-Bass Company. Right. when walker told beagle that they had signed a deal he was horrified and uh-huh. threatened to pull out of the project however he met with jules bass and arthur rankin jr and liked their ideas so he agreed to work with them the most oh you already talked on that a uh, lady almathia's name comes from the greek comes from greek mythology when young zeus was hidden from his father the brutal Cronos, mm-hmm. he was fed from the milk of a goat named Am- Am- Amalthea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. many years later And after Zeus finally defeated Kronos and established himself as the new King of Olympus, he rewarded the goat who fed him by turning one of her horns into the famous Horn of Abundance. Mm. In September of 2003, Carlton Communications, successor to ITC Entertainment, claimed that they earned over one million pounds sterling in revenue from DVD and cable television sales of this movie. During this period, author Peter S. Beagle had not received his contractual share of the income. Yes. which included 5% of the net profits from all revenues from this movie, 5% of the gross revenues from all related merchandising, $20,000 for any and every sequel or remake, and various fees for any possible television uh, series adaptations or spinoffs. When negotiations with Granada over this issue failed to yield any results, a public campaign for support was launched on Peter's behalf by Colin Press in August 2005. Having worked together on this movie, Sir Christopher Lee became the godfather to associate producer Michael Chase Walker's son Joshua Devin Walker, who is now a prominent music producer in Los Angeles, California. Mm. Alongside The Secret of Nym in 1982, Watership Down in 1978, and The Plague Dogs in 1983, this is easily considered one of the darkest and most violent animated movies of the late 20th century. These movies were rated G and PG in the cases of Watership Down and Plague Dogs. Additionally, all of these movies were released before the existence of the PG-13 rating yeah exactly last but not least during the scene when prince lear played by jeff bridges is confronting the dragon if you listen closely to its roars you can hear the same roars originally used in the older godzilla movie.
1: that totally makes sense
0: so they must have got out the contra because that's the <laughs> instrument used to make the godzilla roars uh, and that is the end of my uh, trivia okay um
1: do you mind if I jump into likes first? Well, I do want to bring in bring in one little thing because okay. uh, uh, the author, uh, Peter Beagle, Peter Beagle, uh, he or Peter said, S. Beagle, but Peter whatever. S. Beagle, let's get it right, Peter S. Beagle had uh said in the commentaries that uh, when he was writing the book, he was just writing it like just fluid, and just like right here and there, here and there. So when he was thinking on, uh, Prince Lear. He wasn't thinking of, it'd be like he figured out the spelling. Oh, this is your spelling. He didn't take into consideration that you have Prince Lear would eventually become King Lear. He has a point there. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting because he he, he used things or used, um, like, like whenever you're writing something, you're just doing something. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that sounds a great idea. Wait a minute. I didn't realize the whole connotation of this whole thing. Oh, I'm clever. <laughs> or, oh, my gosh, I made a mistake.
0: I could say both of those things about many of the subtitles I've made for episodes of this show.
1: <laughs> Sometimes it's like, yay, it's a great idea. It's like,
0: okay. It's like, <laughs> I really should learn to be more concise. Uh, Either in way. my case. Yes. But anyway, uh, my first like okay. for this movie. Go. I am going to jump straight into the deep end, if you will if you don't mind. Okay, so we're diving deep into the ocean. In a sense. Okay. Schmendrick, uh-huh. Molly Gru and Prince Lear. I love how these three characters, despite, despite their backgrounds, actually are pretty much the true believers in this story. They were a, Schmendrick was a pretty much down on his luck, magician, right. who was horrible at his job, going yeah. to get right down to it. Molly Grew was just, was a, someone who was waiting for unicorns all her life and then became an old woman and had to marry the first, or common law marry the first yeah. guy to pay attention to her. And, uh, despite being the adopted son of the most evil human in the land, Mm -hmm. Prince Lear is actually a pretty decent guy. And he likes, and he actually, I like the redemptions because these people had the unicorn not come into their life. They would have gone on about their lives without realizing what they were missing. Yeah. And the minutes that they meet the unicorn, they're along for the ride. Oh yeah. They are following the unicorn. They don't care what happens. They that, that is where they that that is their place at that point and mm-hmm. they are full on board 100%. The reason I say this is the deep end of this discussion. Okay. You've been bringing up recently a lot of the Christian things you're seeing. Oh yeah, absolutely. So in a way I've kind of been feeling left out cuz I hadn't thought okay. of, thought to do this. <laughs> and this one just kind of jumped out at me. Okay. As christians Mm -hmm. we all come from different walks of life exactly until we meet christ and Mm -hmm. then we are on what we're following him yeah it doesn't matter if we were in my case uh a kid who just liked acting on stage which is what i was when i came to christ okay uh or i don't know what yours was specifically
1: yeah mine was primarily i was nine years old when i uh surrendered my life to christ yeah uh i I mean like i had a, a general very happy childhood and uh, I love drawing, and so yeah, God just kind of just led that talent even further, and uh, yeah, I think your your walk with Christ definitely when mm-hmm. you when you come to know Christ, your Lord and Savior, it's your your life is dramatically changed. Sometimes yeah. it, it's and not it's
0: not even something you realize, but you realize you have to do it. Yeah, you're you, compelled you, to do you're it. compelled to do it, and surprisingly enough, you want to do it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's that want is a little harder to remember. You wanted some days. Yeah. But other days it's not. Uh, yeah, it just depends on what's going on. And so I love. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain. I, I don't know what Peter B. Be- Peter S. Beagle' religious uh, lookings on life are. Yeah. But I like how, if if nothing else, he tapped into this truth that when something like when a if you if you think of the unicorn as kind of an imper I'm going to say imperfect jesus analog because nothing's going to be a perfect jesus analog and okay let's face it she didn't actually die and then come back to life no and she's an immortal being she is an immortal being but she and she did become a human and learned about regret and emotions Mm -hmm. so there is that aspect of it but then it's somewhere along the way that analogy is going to break up break apart Okay. And I don't quite know exactly where it is because I've only—it's only been 36 hours since I watched the movie. Okay. So I've not thought too closely about this. I got gotcha. you. But I like the fact that the way it's shown, it's like they felt the draw to go to it and they didn't turn back, even though it would have been easier on their lives. Yeah. To turn back away from the unicorn and let the unicorn go and do its thing. Yeah. It would have been easier for all three of them because they had pretty decent lives. Yeah. At that point. Or maybe not decent. They were okay. They were lives they could live. They knew how to live those lives, even yeah. if they weren't great.
1: But the unicorn and, drew them in. Drew right. them in.
0: And Schmendrick, he was a, uh, you know, he was just a a, a a sloppy, very bad wizard. But over the course of helping her, he became much better and became a true wizard. Yeah. Molly grew, and she finally realized what the, realized who the unicorn was. Was actually angry. At the unicorn, despite the fact it was not the unicorn's fault. It's like, where were you? Why weren't you here 20 years ago when I was young? Yeah. <laughs> so things didn't work her way, but the unicorn's there now and she's willing to follow it. And Prince Lear literally falls in love with her, despite the fact yeah. he doesn't even know she's an immortal horse with a horn on her head <laughs> <laughs> when he meets her. Right. Um. And ironically, they fight a fire elemental, which, let's face it, that could be an analog for the devil. That king haggard might be unwittingly serving despite the fact
1: he thinks the
0: bull is serving him
1: yeah it's kind of like a it's a it's a reverse of
0: yeah but i mean i i, I just like how there's these christian themes all throughout this movie that i'm fairly certain the author didn't intend because like i said i don't know if he's christian or not if yeah. he intended it that way it's this doesn't feel like when you go back and you watch uh uh Narnia, and you can definitely tell he yeah. meant all of that. Mm-hmm. This feels like a little, it's a little bit more ambiguous. And maybe that's just because I'm seeing it through the lens of the movie and not the original story. Yeah. So there is, you know, other people's uh, creative thoughts interjected into mm-hmm. that, making it a more collaborative work. But I mean, I, I enjoyed the fact that all that was there. Yeah. And I liked seeing that there. So yeah, that's my first like is I call it, I called this the redemptions because it's what I was focusing on. Yeah but it was the redemptions from their normal lives and becoming better people because of it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's through their interaction and
0: and there was nothing they could have done on their own to do it. It had to be because the unicorn showed up.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the idea that, uh, people who fall in with a, an immortal creature who becomes mortal realizes love and sorrow and regret. And, um, obviously be like you, you be like from the Christian viewpoint, you can see all those parallels through your faith. I know some people won't see that because they, yeah. they don't have that, that Holy Spirit guiding them in that way. Uh, so, yeah, that's a really good analysis right there. It's really, really good. Good job. Thank you. Uh, mine, it's actually it's actually a quote from uh, Spindrick.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, actually, and that's that exact same scene when they are uh, about to run from the bull. Uh, there's no such thing as a happy ending because the story... Has never well the story never the story hasn't no, ended. Yet.
0: No such thing as a happy ending because the story doesn't actually end.
1: Yeah, the story hasn't ended yet. So it's it's that idea that we, we we have this idea that in our modern idea, our modern our modern mindset that once we once we get the girl, we get the guy, uh, we we get the we get the we get the job we wanted. We mm-hmm. we like all these great things. We have this idea that like the story's over or we have um, these these different things that go on in our lives be like oh that's my happy ending no it's not and i think it's it's a good parallel that like yes be like yeah your your life is happy right now mm-hmm. or it might not be happy be like your might your life might be in the dumps but your story isn't over be like your 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 journey uh they the kind of use the the christian parallels of that like that's only a season of our life Mm-hmm. That's only a, a point in life that God, Christ has put us through. And we we are going through this season, either that's good or bad, but in the end, he's still going to be there for us. You would never leave us, never forsake us. Mm-hmm. And that, that's like a comfort for that. Like, even though it'd be like, yeah, we might be high in the mountain. The next moment we might be in the, the valley, we might be in the valley of the shadow of death. But in the same way, be like, I will have no fear because God is with me. Yeah. And it's just that, that, that idea that we have that the journey isn't over. It's like, um, it's like use, using, uh, using a point our pastor likes to use that, like, if you are a pastor, if you're uh, someone in ministry, that once you reach retirement, does that mean you're officially retired as a Christian? No. That means your, your journey is still there. Be like your uh, sanctification is still going on. Be like you're you're not going to stop uh, trying to share the gospel of Christ the people. You you are still going to strive to do that, and like that that is a that is a lifelong journey. And uh, I, I've seen so many people where they they it's oh I got married, my happy ending. Be like I got everything I want. No, it's not. Your life's still going, mm-hmm. and you don't know down the road. Be like things can get bad. There will be like I, I recently something in my life. I'm not going to go get into it, but. um, like I saw something that was just be like, wow, that's what I want. That's what I want in, the, in, a, in, a, in a marriage. And one thing led to another. It, it didn't, it didn't last, but hopefully prayerfully things get better. Um, if not, Lords will be in it. But, oh, and the, uh, just the idea that life doesn't stop once you get your happy ending or the fact that you may never get a happy ending. And that's one thing that we don't want. We want the happy ending, and the the notion of this film that not everybody gets gets what they want. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Prince Lear doesn't get the girl. He doesn't know what happened to her, or does he know? Does he know that she was? Yeah, he knows she was. gets a
0: shot. He gets a look at the unicorn in unicorn form. Yeah, but I don't think he actually knew that that was Lady Amalfi. Yeah, yeah, and he knew that she was a unicorn but doesn't know if that unicorn he saw was her yeah so, so yeah. he doesn't know if she, as far as we know he doesn't know if she died or yeah. what
1: yeah yeah it's just like smidrick and um, molly like yeah they they go off together they go off together so we don't know their story mm-hmm. we don't we don't know if these two get married or not It'd be like that'd be an interesting book <laughs> and uh, wonder if the, the unicorn follows them or, like, goes back... To, obviously, she goes back to her, um, her, 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 her forest or her meadow. But, um, yeah, it's just like, you know, life doesn't stop when you get what you want. Or, like, life doesn't stop when things get bad. <laughs> life continues. Like, sometimes when, like, life... Like, you hit rock bottom, it's like, Lord, take me home because I don't want to deal with this. The same way, be like, if you have that relationship with Christ, it's like... Be like, he is your rock. He is your strength in the, in that time. Be like, this is going to be a season. It's going to hurt, or it's going to be the most beautiful thing in the world. But at the same time, the story is not over. So just be remindful when you are going through hard times and you have that faith or you're struggling with something and you're thinking, it's like, be like, I have nothing to cling to talk to somebody and you might hear some good news out of it. And that might be your rock. So Yeah life continues in good or bad times. So your story is not over either in the fictional world or in the real world. That's where I thought you were. Yeah. Life finds a way in a more of a Christian parallel.
0: <laughs> That's true. That is very true.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that is my number one.
0: All right. My number two is a little less deep. <laughs> uh, I like the fact that the way they designed the unicorns, mm-hmm. it actually does kind of look like the breaking of their, their mains look like the breaking of waves.
1: Yeah, it is a very interesting. So thing.
0: that when you actually do look down it's like, "Oh, I can see that." Especially when you zoom in. Yeah, when they finally get zoomed in, and it's painfully obvious. Yeah. Cuz that's one of the downsides of the animation is some of that doesn't quite work anymore. No, it doesn't. But <laughs> I mean, I liked how they at least tried. Yes. Just like, "Oh yeah, I can see how you'd say that's the break. That's that that's the unicorns right there." Because some of those shots from a distance, it just looks like the Breaking of the waves as it normally would there by the sea. Right. But as a zoom as as you're looking and you're paying attention, goes oh yeah, I can see how you would s- have the how uh, the unicorn heads could be the the breaking of the waves, getting close mm-hmm. enough to see, getting close enough to land to be there, but not coming up on land because it doesn't want to anger the red bull. Exactly. But yeah, that's my second like. I like how they actually looked like they could be the breaking of the
1: seas. Yeah, it's that's it's a very waves. interesting design. Like I, I watched the, you know, this, this, the, uh, this last viewing. That's like, you know what? Like that doesn't make sense. It totally makes sense. I, I never saw that. Good observation. Mm-hmm. All right. So my number two would actually be the unicorn herself. Oh, it's the, the fact that you have a unicorn, it's a scribed mythology. that are immortal. Uh, they, as even, uh, the unicorn in the movie says like, yes, we can be, we can be hunted. We can be killed, but we are never forgotten. Mm-hmm. So, so how can they
0: have just disappear?
1: Yeah. How can they just disappear? And she goes on that journey of understanding mm-hmm. or trying to understand this, like leaving the safety of her forest. Cause in her forest, she can't die. Yeah. And apparently nothing else in her very odd forest can die either. <laughs> apparently apparently at least while she's there yeah at least while she's there i, I wonder if she gets back it's like everywhere. oh my gosh no one's here <laughs> yeah
0: it doesn't make you wonder it's like she gets back and all and the only animal that's still alive that stupid butterfly <laughs> we'll get to him in a
1: minute yeah we'll get to him in a minute but the fact that you have a unicorn who goes on this journey who goes on a journey to of discovery and it's discovering the cruelty of life the cruelty of uh, knowing suffering knowing pain where but like you live in your enchanted forest and there's no nothing that could harm you uh, or nothing will harm you but you journey out into the world and you you are um, you are thrown into the the mystery of the red Bull the uh, king haggards haggard 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 not haggard
0: <laughs> right haggard but, as in the term meaning old and worn
1: down uh, okay haggard which Pretty much describes how he looks. I agreed. Minus he's voiced by an amazing actor. Christopher Lee. Yeah. More so on him in percent. a second. Yeah. But, yeah, it's the fact to be like, and then she's turned into a mortal woman, and it's the fact to be like, she says to be like, I, I can feel this body dying every second. Mm-hmm. But now she understands mortality. She understands the, the idea of love. She understands the idea of regret. Where earlier on in the movie she she goes in detail of how she doesn't know how regret feels, mm-hmm. and so now it's a unicorn who has felt the sting of mortality, in which we all have. We're mortal. Yes. We, we, we 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 don't have a uh, we're, we're not a unicorn, which I know a lot of people wish they were. Um, uh, like, can't can't live forever. We, we we the the only way we can live forever is we have this relationship with Jesus Christ. And that full sanctification to uh, be with him in paradise or in heaven, and there, and so that's that's the only way. So yeah. they're again tying Christianity with this, but it's the idea this this, this this immortal creature understands what it means to be mortal, mm-hmm. understands what everybody else because she is so stuck up about yeah. everything that she she it's everything's beneath her. But when she starts to realize her mortality and she starts forgetting why she's there, who she is, and she doesn't remember that she's a unicorn. She starts falling in love.
0: Start, she starts to forget.
1: She starts to forget. And um, I, I just love the idea that now you have a unicorn, uh, a, 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 an, an immortal creature that now understands what it means to be like everybody else. And it's just that, that amazing idea that a, uh, a mythical creature that can live forever now knows what it means to love. Because like you look at any other kind of mythological creature, definitely like the unicorn and um, yeah it's it's it, I thought it was a very interesting idea that now a mortal creature an immortal creature knows what it means to be mortal and um, you you mentioned where Molly had gotten frustrated yeah the reason was in Oh, um, what was that that was in um, uh, medieval medieval literature
0: yeah that um, the uh, unicorn always comes to fair maidens. Exactly. And she never got to see one because... No, she didn't. Even though she really wanted one until she was in her 40s. Yeah. She was she no was... longer a young and pure maiden. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Pr- probably no longer pure because she'd been hanging out with Captain Cully a while. Yeah. I suspect he was not a chaste
1: man. I would presume not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just this this idea that an, an, an immortal creature knows what it means to be mortal and is kind of it changes her perspective of life and maybe it's be like there again, I'm hyper spe- hyper speculating here, but it's just the idea that like, you know, what was the true lesson of instead of be like, Oh, I knew regret knew what love is, but there's gotta be more to that. There's mm-hmm. gotta be more that like you be like, you have a more proud, rep- a, uh, a greater respect for everything else. Mm-hmm. And so that's just the idea that, just the idea that the unicorn knows regret, she knows what love is, she knows what mortality, is. Mm-hmm. she knows what the 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 uh, the the sting of death means, mm-hmm. to use another biblical reference. Um, so yeah, that that's my number two. All right, my number three, Sir Christopher Lee's performance. Yes, I,
0: I will say right now, he's the one who did the best in this film. Okay. Um, there's not a point where I didn't believe every word he was saying. Mm -hmm. I can't say that about a lot of the other characters, uh, more on that here in a couple minutes. Um, but I mean, it's Christopher freaking Lee. True. How can you not believe what he says? Uh, especially the amount of amount of, uh, he threw himself into this role Mm -hmm. in a way that, uh, really nobody else in the film did. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I, I liked Christopher Lee's performance. I thought he did very
1: good in that. Alrighty, what's your third like? My third like, my third like would have to be the scene with the skeleton.
0: Ah, you liked Odo's scene.
1: Yeah, Odo's Odo scene. Odo
0: scene. <laughs> well, that's how I will always remember Rene
1: Aubergenois. Oh, okay. Who played mm. the skull? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the fact that this, uh, this talking skull mm-hmm. was. I'd love to understand the story behind why this 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 talking skull, this skeleton, what have you, is sitting on this mantle, and apparently is the guard of this clock.
0: I'm sure McBrook <laughs> had something to do with I would, it. I
1: would presume so. I'd presume so. And that might be why Schmindrick had so much trouble with it. Uh huh. But the the scene in which I'm referring to, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. the the scene where Smindrick is trying to get the the riddle out of out of the skeleton and the the fact that he had, it's like he is seduced to giving the information for wine. Like Which he can't He can't even... taste you're dead but it'd be like I can remember I can remember the smell I can remember yes. the taste.
0: Considering it's
1: water. Yeah, it was water. The whole time. He'll be like, yeah, you're turning water into wine. I wonder where <laughs> they got that from.
0: Yeah, did I do wonder? <laughs> But then Schmendrik can't actually turn water into wine, but he can make it act like he. He does. can't
1: even smell like it.
0: He even did that because I'm sure the skeleton couldn't hear that smell of that either.
1: No, but it's the, the fact to be like he is so sedu- the, He's seduced by this the idea of be like I want. I be like I want wine or something like that. It's like that desire of something you haven't had, in, who knows how many years or centuries mm-hmm. or whatever. But. Uh, I, I love that scene. The the character design the design of the skull character. The the fact that he 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 gets his uh his um his his bones become flush when he's you know, obviously he's drinking nothing. Yeah. But uh it's just that that euphoria of like, Oh my gosh, I'm drinking wine, even though I'm not drinking anything. It's that 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 full memory, of, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But just that whole scene was great, and then when uh, the skull realizes that Lydia Mafia is not what she appears to be, like, "Oh, it's the unicorn! Unicorn!
0: Yes. Oh, no. Haggard! Haggard!" Oh no, I let them into the Red Bull. Wait, the
1: Red Bull will kill it. Never mind. Let's keep going. Yeah, <laughs> it should have killed it. It should have killed it. <laughs> but yeah, just that whole scene. When I was a kid, I loved it so much. And as an adult, I have so much more appreciated issues now, understanding more of, like, the idea that you are, like, the idea that we're tempted so easily for something that, like, maybe we didn't, can't even taste or something like that or have no desire for anymore, but it's mm-hmm. just the remembrance of something. It's like, ooh, I really want that again. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my number three. I just thought The of a skull. Hor-
0: I just thought of a horrible pun. Okay. The unicorns that were been driven into the sea. Do you know what they were? What? Seahorses.
1: <laughs> I knew it. I knew Sorry, it. Sorry. I, I, that
0: just came to my mind. So <laughs> I had to say it. The puns. The puns. Yes. Uh, that brings us to the end of our likes. Yes. So now we need to get into our dislikes. Yes. My first dislike. With the exception of Christopher Lee. Mm -hmm. everybody in this film sounds like they're in a sound booth recording their line they don't sound like there's a disconnect between the characters and their voices that makes me go oh yeah these are are actors sitting in a sound booth Mm -hmm. speaking into a microphone and acting off of nothing (laughs) because there's nobody else in the room except for the sound engineer and he's probably just tired and wants to go home Maybe Rankin Bass is in there, but who knows? But for the most part, it's just him in there act, uh, acting and having, trying to act off of anything except for another character, but we'll get to her in a moment. Mm. Um, almost every character in here just sounds like they, like like I said, like they're in a sound booth. Okay. I totally get I that. I do not know any other way to put it. And there's even what sounds, I don't know if, in some cases it does it sounds like they're on Entirely different sound systems, and the sound system is not as good as the main one <laughs> in some cases. It's like, oh my goodness. I'm not, I am not, an, I, despite the fact I am the editor of this podcast and I've had to learn things about audio that three years ago I never would have even paid attention to, I know I'm still not an audiophile, but I caught crap in this. It's like, oh, you people needed to do this better. <laughs> But yeah, uh, there is one exception. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Okay. What's
1: your first is right. like? My first is like, uh, actually, is the audio in this movie. There, there, there are certain moments where, like, you hear a cat meow out of nowhere. There's no cat in sight, or the the fact where Molly is talking with the uh, the pirate cat.
0: That must have been the other cat.
1: <laughs> that must have been the other cat. Because <laughs> you
0: hear that a Don Messick. You know, because we already decided that was the pirate cat. Yeah. Which is what we're calling him now.
1: Uh, <laughs> so there's little there's little audio clips here and there. It's just like what in the world is going on? Like like you said the uh, the 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 voice actors besides um, Sir Christopher Lee, it's like there's really no like passion behind what they're saying. It's it's oh, no ca- no no
0: that's not what I was saying.
1: Okay, they all there is acting and being involved. Okay, my mistake.
0: There's acting being involved, but they are not acting off of each other. They are acting off of a wall. Yeah, they are looking at their lines. They have a wall from it, and they are visualizing what everyone else is doing. And maybe they've got someone off screen reading the other line, and then they are f- that they're hearing in their headphones, and then they are giving their full performance. But they have no idea how anyone else is a- is acting in that scene. That's what it sounds like.
1: Okay, I totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, apparently. Like most of the cast could not get together, so that's why you have like Sir Christopher Lee and yeah, uh, Jeff Bridges be like those guys. But they had uh, the guy who played Smidrick. They had uh, the woman who played Molly. Be like you had most of the cast were in one. So in those scenes, they're playing off each other. So I, I totally get it. I totally get it when some scenes where it's more like it sounds like you're talking to a wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally get that. The where 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 my number one's coming from. Is that there are so many different, like very different audio um, qualities? Qualities just jumping all over the place. Mm-hmm. There, There's me, like, one you hear a buzz at one point, you hear like di- little, uh, like I call it audio clips. Yeah. That are just completely random from out of nowhere. And it just drove me nuts. I'm like, what in the world's going on? Like you said before, it's like they really, either A, they really didn't know what they were doing, or B, they're not paying attention. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So or C, which is what I suspect, they edited this movie on the
1: quick. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, you never know. But yeah, it's just the 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 random audio sound clips that come up here and there. It's just like you you hear a cat in the background, but there's a cat right there. Doesn't sound like that cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably Don Messick. Who knows? Um, no, I still say he's the pirate cat. He's probably the pirate cat. You never know. If you know if you know what the real deal is, please let us. Know. You know what a pirate cat says? Meow. Pretty much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Make sense more, wow, about... <laughs> <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> either either way, so yeah, uh, this the audio little random audio little clips and jumps and whatever' is just like drum me nuts, hmm so yeah, that's my number one, dislike
0: my number two dislike, I mentioned, like I said earlier that most of the voice acting felt like they were not acting off of each other, then they were acting off a wall, which makes it feel a little bit. Well, 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 they're doing their best. Don't get me wrong. They're doing right. their best acting. Right. It's just there's a little bit of a disconnect. Okay. The sole exception to this is Mia Farrow, the unicorn. Oh, okay. Let me explain. Everyone else, I mean, she is facing the same problems everyone else is facing. Yeah. The problem is she's not acting <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> I, I don't know how she is in real life. It, it, it's well of those things. Like, on one hand, okay, I know for... Two thirds of the film. Mm-hmm. Really, until they get, they face the Red Bull for the first time and yeah. she turns into a human. She has virtually no emotions. That is by design. Yeah. I will let, I could let that go. And she's overacting a touch when she gets emotions at the beat, once she first turns into the human. Yeah. But then it sounds like she's sleepwalking throughout the rest of the film. <laughs> she's trying to be the unicorn but is trying to put a little bit of emotion but is not really getting there you know what i mean yes she her acting is pitiful throughout the movie Mm. now like i said at the beginning it worked Mm -hmm. because the character is not supposed to be feeling anything she's supposed to hoity-toity uh nose up in the air i am a unicorn all you vile things can look down at my feet Sort of rugs. a thing, yes. I can't believe you caught me in this cage, Mummy Fortuna. That sort of thing, right? But here's the thing: she still acts like that when she's Lady Am- Amalthea, mm-hmm. and she, with the exception of her ov- her crocodile tears, and that's what it was. Those were crocodile tears. But she's like, "I fear this body more than I fear the red bull," and I'm thinking, "Yeah, the red bull crap." <laughs> You don't even feel anything. You have no emotion. Did you read these lines before you came in here? Did you think about how you're supposed to be acting? You are no longer the unicorn. Act like someone who just realized they're dying for the first time in their freaking life. And now act like you are actually falling in love with Jeff freaking Bridges. Maybe she didn't know it was Jeff Bridges. I don't know. But... She doesn't act. Her acting as a unicorn can be rationalized. Okay. That's why she's acting. like When she's the human, I don't think she realized she's supposed to be playing the character differently, except for now she's actually feeling things. Yeah. And the way that's supposed to work is as she's, after she how should work, in my mind, Yeah. once she turns back into the unicorn, she should be a mixture of these two things, because she's back immortal again and doesn't... Feel regret
2: mm-hmm.
0: naturally, but she remembers what regret is like and knows yeah. if she was human, she would be feeling regret. Yeah. And so she reacts in that kind of a way. Yeah. Admittedly, I am spoiled because I grew up watching Star Trek and I heard Mr. Spock or Data speak. Mm-hmm. And these are characters who, quote unquote, don't have emotions, which I would say bullcrap to because <laughs> I can tell they have emotions. They are just very subdued.
2: No subdued emotions
0: <laughs> at all. Okay. I'm not, like I said, I could see how maybe she was doing her best to not even have subdued emotions at the unicorn for the first two thirds of the film. Yeah. But she should at least, she should have wilder emotions while she's Lady Amalthea and she should then have subdued emotions at the very end of the film. And she's literally playing the same unicorn she was at the beginning of the film. The character has no growth (laughs) except, oh, now I understand love and regret and now I will feel, I'll be the only unicorn who ever existed who feels these things. Oh, you are the protagonist of the movie. Your acting is more important than everybody else's, and you failed. That is why that's my number two dislike. Okay.
1: So I. I, I oh my gosh. Wow. But okay. I, I, I totally get where you're going. Totally get where you're going. Um. For, i understand
0: people will disagree with me yes this is how i took it
1: okay i i will disagree with you in a little bit here when she when she realizes the mortal calls of of more mor- morality mortality mortality, well, mortality. Morality too but. <laughs> yeah like thanks for actually coming to her like her the actress performance in that i really it's like okay i'm getting that the I mean, like, actual like like, you know, like, the fact that, you know, like, I'm a, her line of, I'm a unicorn, I got, it was like, wow, okay, that was good. Like, everywhere else, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally get it, but... As the
0: unicorn, I'm actually, would be fine with the performance, yeah. but the other two, other third of the movie actually had worked better with it.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I said, because I can rationalize the first two-thirds of the movie, her acting away. Yeah. But it's that last third, it's like, you fail, you fail miserably. <laughs> and why... Does throughout the entire movie, she has that stupid sound effect thing on that makes it sound like she's talking through a tin can that's most supposed to make her voice sound dreamy. (laughs) Why is it there throughout the whole movie? (laughs) She's a human. The dream effect should go away. It really sounds like she's recording into her cell
1: phone that didn't
0: exist. (laughs) Is she FaceTiming from the future? What's going on? (sighs)
1: It's
0: like she's holding her phone up to the microphone. Or or, uh, someone's holding the phone up to
2: the microphone so they can record it. I am a unicorn, and I must be looking for all my friends who have all gone away. And I will find the Red Bull, and I shall kill him! Tell me I'm wrong! I do not feel love or regret, because I am a unicorn!
1: Dude, that was awesome. That was so good. Uh, Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm shedding tears of laughter here. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can follow that up. Well, what is your number two dislike? <laughs> okay, my number two dislike... It's the song of this movie. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad you mentioned them <laughs> since I didn't wasn't going to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like, okay, these are, like, granted, pro- these are probably, they were written the, like, the late 70s and the, the early 80s. So, you have song lyrics are like, what the heck are they talking about here?
0: Okay, I have to mention this. Okay. Let, I, I will have to ask Francisco of the Retro Rewind podcast okay. if I can use this audio. But... <laughs> Okay. Saturday I was in his stream and it came up, you know he asked what we were recording this week and I told him you know, Last Unicorn and he starts singing a rendition of the opening song. Oh my god. And it's bad. The last unicorn? Yeah. But here's the thing it's bad, but it's better than the actual song. Oh my god. I will have to let you hear it and I will be talking with him to see if I can use this audio. Oh my god. I will edit it in, I swear if you'll let me.
1: Yeah, it's just I yeah, will
0: no. throw it in
2: right. And the last eagle flies over the last something something da 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 And the red bull chases all the unicorns into the sea except for <laughs> okay.
1: Alright so so we like the the songs were all written by J- uh Jimmy or Jim Webb, uh, I'm apparently. It ain't Jimi Hendrix. No, not Jimi Hendrix.
0: <laughs> Mention these as uh, Jimi Mattingly as, as
1: metal song. <laughs> when the last. Year... <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die from laughter here. Uh, but it's just like, oh my gosh, it's like, uh, like if you ever listen to like '70s songs, they make no sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, most I'll of them agree make no
1: sense. Like, listen to. Um, roundabout roundabout uh Uh, by yes
0: that's the name of that which uh, i learned about from watching uh uh jojo's
1: bizarre adventure oh wow it's the ending song oh okay (laughs) yeah Um, sorry go ahead yeah so oh my gosh but like half these made no sense the the song that uh, like there's one song i really like in this movie and most people will agree with me is man's road which is the the second song written oh good night (laughs) i I i enjoyed it a little bit like the like the hook it's like It'll it, walk walking man's it would, road, it would but work. everything else is like, what the
0: heck are you the, talking about? Uh, here's the problem with Man's Road: it would work as a standalone song, yeah. But as a unicorn walking yeah. from the forest and getting caught by Mommy Fortuna, it makes bloody sense.
1: <laughs> so yeah, like the song lyrics are so, are they're, they're they're odd, they're weird. The the they the, go out of their way to say things about the movie that yeah. they didn't need to. Yeah. Oddly enough, oddly enough, when they were in the middle of animation, they had not gotten the songs yet.
2: Obviously, so, so
1: when so when the songs were finally written, the animators had to go back and put those songs in there. It's like, wow, okay, they had to be
0: reedited back into the had, film. It'd be
1: Like they, they were and they don't. They, it's so weird. They really, the, none of them fit the uh, the song. they just like, what in the world are they talking about? the uh what was it uh the, I don't know I kind of started the, tuning them out the the song between After the third
0: time through man's road
1: yeah yeah it's little... um the song that got me was the 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 the, the duet uh the one i
0: uh quit paying attention during and i think story bits happened that i missed and i had no idea how they got there
1: maybe the 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 duet between uh um uh, and uh yeah it's Raweer. supposed
0: to be that but it doesn't sound a thing like them that's yeah. why he's fighting the dinosaur It's supposed to be Godzilla. Something like that. Or has Godzilla's roars. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I read that. I thought, I don't remember that scene. I must have missed <laughs> that. I, I do remember hearing him saying, yes, I'm back from fighting the dragon. And I'm going, what dragon? You weren't fighting a dragon. You were singing a love duet
1: that I wasn't yeah. listening to. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is all I have to say. Be like, that was just the weirdest song on the planet. It was like, oh, this is cringy to hear. Or uh, Lady Amalfia song, Now That I'm a Woman. It's like, Eek,
0: okay, stop, please, stop. This is not a
1: musical, please, stop. stop. <laughs> Hit stop, play just a regular music in the background, yes. hire someone who knows how to sing, please. At le- or, or better yet, don't sing. Play something ni- nice
0: instrumental and just say
1: what you want to say with your stupid
0: little dream songy
1: voice. <laughs> but either way, it's like the, the songs, A, they make no sense to the duet is just like cringe and it's like now that i'm a woman is like okay this is kind of weird i was like 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 you said it was like talking into a cell phone into a <laughs> microphone but or, before
0: cell phones existed because a car phone wouldn't have sounded that
1: Yeah, sounding like this to you i sound like pain pretty much but yeah it's the the songs oh my gosh <laughs> that drove me
2: nuts <laughs> I am a unicorn, and you only thought you were born into magic. I grew in it, and I didn't even leave the forest until I was ten years old or whatever. Schmendrick, you idiot!
1: Alright, so what is your number three?
0: (laughs) That stupid anachronistic fly.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. That
0: butterfly threw me off because he's at the very beginning of the movie Yes, and it's while you're still sitting in that point point, it's like, okay, what's going on? What time is it? Is this medieval times? Is this modern day? Yeah, sure, they showed the two hunters in their garb, but for all I know, that's renaissance fair, guys. (laughs) Loki may have made me think of that. But anyway... (laughs) So I'm so I'm, I'm thinking okay yeah maybe we're in medieval times but then the butter the stupid butterfly shows up and he's saying random song lyrics yeah that technically are communicating what he's but don't exactly work. Here's my main problem: none of those songs were from that time period. <laughs> there was stuff from the from the uh, early 1900s. There was stuff from the 70s and the 80s. This is medieval times, people. Yes, it's a fantasy. It's still medieval times. Why are you saying st- stuff I heard in a Bugs Bunny cartoon, followed by stuff I heard in a seventies cartoon?
2: Oh, like, why aren't you
0: just quoting the stupid song we just heard about
2: when the last eagle flies?
0: <laughs> like that would have made more friggin' sense.
1: It's 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 reminiscent of uh, Genie from Aladdin, except, except
0: there it worked. Yeah. Because the way his comedic timing made you go, okay, this is just what it is. He's breaking the fourth wall. I'm just going to go with it. Those, and also Robin Williams didn't take it as far as the stupid anachronistic butterfly did. Because, and, and the thing is, Genie doesn't start doing that until you are a quarter of the way into the movie. Yeah. At least. Maybe yeah. even farther. Maybe a third of the way into the movie. Yeah. I think it's not until the half hour mark and it's only an hour and a half movie. Mm-hmm. This is in the first five minutes. We just got out of the the, the, the slideshow that is the opening titles of this movie. Ugh. And we're learning about the world, and we've just heard the stupid unicorn go,
2: Surely I can't be the last butterfly.
0: The last butterfly?
2: Surely I can't be the last unicorn. Surely there must be others. Unicorns don't just disappear. Oh, look, here's a butterfly. Hey, butterfly, do you know who I am? Say my name! <laughs> Semen,
0: semen. And he's like, I, I, of course I know who you are, but you're this thing. And it's like, you're the th- wind
2: beneath my wings. I don't know.
0: He says crap like that. And it goes on for five minutes. And we are not moving the plot anywhere. As far as we know. Oh, yes. The unicorns are still alive. That's just they're now hiding from the hunters. It's like, get to the point, you stupid, anachronistic butterfly. Mm. I was gonna say something else when they did that but I forgot what it was oh. I hate the anachronistic butterfly he annoys me and I kind of <laughs> wish
1: that she had ate him oh my gosh oh just kind of kind of bouncing off your point where the the unicorn has is fed up kind of like you yes. are with the butterfly she's like oh you're just talking you know lyrics and and riddles, and, and riddles you've heard and he said he like, he says something else. It's like, be like, tell me more. Tell me more. Do you like? Do you know where they went? It's like, you just told him to fly off. Yes. <laughs> and you're now asking and he's, him more. And the, and the bad thing
0: is, you just asked him where the Red Bull is. He's, that means you get, just allowed him to say, well, Red Bull gives you wings. It's like, no, it doesn't. It gives you fins because they all go into the ocean. Anyway, yeah. Josh in the chat asked, well, what anachronistic means. I guess I should explain. Yeah. Have you heard of an anachronism where something is out of place, such as, oh, I don't know, a cell phone in medieval times. Hmm. That would be an anachronism. So when the character is talking about things much like how Genie in, in, a, in, uh, Aladdin is making all these references from what was then modern day. That's he should not know those things because those things have not happened yet. So that's an anachronism that it's happening. Yeah. It would be like seeing a, uh, a machine gun in the civil war. Yeah. That would be an anachronism. here. He's just talking so many stupid lyrics that he, that sh- if he is literally hearing these things and that's where he's picking them up to say and repeat over and over again, which is what they're kind of implying. implying yeah. He really shouldn't even be hearing those songs in order to make that, that terminology. But anyway,
1: all righty.
0: <laughs> What's your third
1: like, dislike? My, my third dislike. Now this is the scene where Smidrick is at the clock and he's trying to figure out how to get to the red bull. By the way, I hate Oh
0: yeah. But anyway, how does the riddle go again? I don't remember. I just remember the answer was walk through the clock.
1: Yeah, walk through the clock, which like couldn't work. You well, know, it's just the clock time is time, so time just walk through is, it. Time is relative, lunchtime doubly so. <laughs> but the I would say an- animation-wise and I guess it's it's more um there's the speed up problem with the film.
0: I mean, yeah, there are pacing problems, but I don't think that's what you're referring to.
1: No, I'm, what I'm referring to is the uh, the point where Smidrick is trying to figure out how to how the clock works. And it's, you know, it's it's winding up, then it's speeding up or what have you. And so Amalfia and Lear are coming in. And you see this one little scene where uh, Smidrick has to go from one side of the clock to another. And it's sped up.
0: Well, yeah, that happened. It shouldn't, but it does. Yeah, I'm just
1: like, what the heck? Like it should be your normal walk cycle. It's not like they just sped up everything. Or better yet, do like they used to do
0: in old scooby doo cartoons. Have the cameras shift over to Lady Amalfia for a couple
1: seconds and then shift back when he's in position. Yeah. But no, it's just like you literally see him just you see him (laughs) speed you see him speed up to go around the clock where he's hidden. I'm like, what the heck? It's like, okay, here's the thing. I can kind of
0: understand why that you would that would happen in say a live action movie where you just have the films you film and you realize oh he need to get over there faster but we don't have time to go back and refilm it so we're just right. going to speed him up to get to that little bit over right. there I can kind of forgive that I understand okay. that you realize they had to animate all those extra frames they sped up yeah that's a lot of work that they somehow left in there that they really didn't need to yeah I would agree but anyway
1: yeah so that is my number 3 smidrick in the 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 clock scene
0: <laughs> which that brings us to the end of this episode yes. so we need to review this we need to give a score for this thing yeah
1: i want to hear yours first i'm giving it a seven. Oh wow okay
0: believe it or not i'm giving it something it was a fun movie I, yeah a lot of what i've complained about while it did come easily to my mind yeah uh it's i it's forgivable i can kind of count uh i can kind of i kind of uh not chalk that up to being uh Part of the film's charm, yeah. In the same way that I can chalk up, uh, you know, the fact that Godzilla's mouth doesn't move all the time when he roars, that sort of a thing. Yes. In the old Godzilla film, so I can kind of work that way. It's just part of how the film was made, and it's not really. It doesn't really take away from the film itself. Well, except for maybe that stupid anachronistic butterfly. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm giving it a seven because it's a good movie, and it's. I, I if I had kids, I don't know if I'd let them watch it. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it, so yeah.
1: Yeah. So now, granted to our audience, uh, we don't do, we don't review, we don't give our scores or anything to each other beforehand. Right. So I'm also we, giving you We have seven, literally, we literally do not
0: talk about it except for, hey, I saw the movie. Oh, what did you think? Oh, I enjoyed it. That sort yeah. of thing. We don't go into this deep discussion because we know we want it fresh for the show. Yeah, exactly.
1: And most of them, be like we're, we're doing our scores prior hand. Oh, I don't.
0: So, I figure it up right when I get right when you when I say I'm giving it a seven.
1: <laughs> yeah, most of them are like, I, I already got my score before I you know come to the studio. So yeah, like yeah, I'm giving it a seven. I there again. I'm nostalgic with this film. I enjoyed it as a kid, even though it's primarily it's you know it's a girls film. It's it's primarily directed towards girls. I now, didn't so, see that, but okay, yeah.
0: Just because it's got a unicorn in it. Yeah, yeah.
1: What are you anti-mythical horse? No. Anyway, <laughs> don't accuse me of nothing. I'm not saying <laughs> uh, either way. Be like, yeah, it's just be like, yeah, the primary d- demographic of this film definitely yeah, was, then, then and now are, are it girls. Is,
0: it is aimed at girls. I'll it let is, you. I'll let that go. It is aimed
1: at girls. It is aimed at girls. And uh, it's a much
0: more fluffier story and
1: not about the heroism of Prince Lear. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, well, they said the exact same thing about The Little Mermaid and that, that movie did just bonker. And everybody wouldn't watch that film. But either way um yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed this film yeah it's got some weird problems and the music's just kind of what the heck um and the the this i think this review was funny because i lapped my head off with the uh, mm-hmm. your your dislike just we absolutely hilarious, so bravo on that i try yeah I try try well he's succeeded very much my friend <laughs> so yeah i'm giving you a seven is it worth a watch yes uh is it family friendly mostly mostly yes uh, there it d- is
0: like one shot on the uh, the harpy. Yes,
1: where it's very obvious she's female. Yeah, very much. A very old female. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like uh, yeah. There's kids there's some... probably wouldn't notice, but boy. I... Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed when I was a kid. I was like, what the world? Uh, there there are a few curse words. Uh, so yeah, it's one of those uh, caution if you're one of those parents that are very much. I'm going to view everything my kid watches beforehand. Uh, definitely, if you're an adult, yeah, go check this movie out. It's, it's 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 an older film. It to me, it's probably one of my favorite uh, Rank Rankin Bass uh, productions I've ever seen. Even the uh, even the the uh, screenwriter, not the the writer of this movie, was so shocked when he saw the uh, the screening of it. He's like, I can't believe this is a Frank this is a uh, Rankin Bass film. And I'm the exact same one. I'm like, wow, this is good. <laughs> This is a good film. Like, yeah, it's got its problems, but it's a good film. Go watch it. Mm -hmm. I bought this version for the occasion. (laughs) Well, I bought it online,
0: but anyway. Yeah, either way. So that brings us to the end of the
1: episode, which we
0: need to announce what our next movie is. Yes. It's a story about a man who wants to steal the moon Mm -hmm. with the help of a bunch of corn pops. (laughs) Banana! Perhaps. (laughs) We are actually going to be reviewing the original Despicable Me because we actually are going to somehow try to get through all five movies before Minions two. Oh my gosh!
1: Well, why we're...
0: I don't know, but we're going to go for it. <laughs> we're going to torture ourselves through this. But actually, I like the, the, the Despicable Me movies. It's the Minions I
1: don't like. Okay, but anyway, I have a very interesting uh, commentary on the uh, the the first time I watch this movie. <laughs> we'll get there. When, when we, we get, get there,
0: there? <laughs> so and there's the train which kind of tells us we need to be wrapping this up right uh i suppose uh join us next time for that and uh until then this has been drew this is Jacob. and we'll catch you in the next frame
2: banana i am a unicorn and i think you ought to listen to the show
0: come jacob we must prepare for next week prepare for what drew the same thing we do every week
1: jacob record a podcast oh boy so where can they find you jacob you can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob's daily art corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but, uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron and letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you drew? You can also follow me on letterbox at G George, seven,
0: five, nine Facebook as drew Dodgen. Uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's photo bin you can also follow me on Twitter at ggeorge759 you can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com you can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell
1: you can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming you can also follow us on YouTube at cellcast listen to our podcast
0: on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher spotify and your favorite podcast directory you can also listen to us on the movie of the week podcast with jim heron where we talk about live action movies and remember cell cell is a single L. l